0: Good morning and welcome to the Bronx region of the New York City Church of Christ. We're glad you're able to join us here today as we have a service that's focused on Christmas. You know, Christmas is a reminder of God's faithfulness year after year. This is a time of season that some are having an incredible time, a joyful time. But at the same time, some can be very challenged during this time of year. But I want you to know that Christ in you is the hope of glory. And so I want to talk to us today about the birth of Jesus and what does Christmas really mean? So let's go back to that night in Bethlehem. Caesar Augustus has created a census. So Joseph and Mary travel to Bethlehem. Now, prior to this, Mary had conceived through the Holy Spirit. So while in Bethlehem, she gave birth to a son. She wrapped them in clothes and put them in a manger because, as the Bible says, there was no room for them in the end. And this was a dark night in Bethlehem. The shepherds were out in the fields with their sheep as their custom. Some shepherds would sleep during the day and then stay up all night and they will reverse roles. So you have these shepherds out with their flocks in the dark of night. It is dark out there. And then all of a sudden an angel appears and the brightness of the angels glory all of a sudden split the night. So it went from darkness to all of a sudden. Boom. The glory of the Lord's angel was right there. You can imagine how that startled him, scared him. I mean, my first thought would have been run, but it was an incredible sight to see. Look in Luke chapter two, verse 10. It says, but the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Christ, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And this was an incredible thing. So here are the shepherds out in the dark. All of a sudden, an angel appeared. The glory of the Lord surrounds them. And they're just amazed and shocked. But it wasn't just an angel. Look at what it says. Luke chapter two, verse 13. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace to men, on whom his favorite rests. Now, I don't know how many angels it was. The Bible doesn't say it just says a heavenly host. But look over in Hebrews chapter one, verse six. Look at what it says there. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. He says, let all God's angels worship him. So it wasn't just one angel, heavenly host. The sky was filled with angels. Incredible. How many angels was that? I don't know. But let's take a look in Revelation as it talks about the number of angels around the throne of God. Revelation chapter five, verse 11. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and then 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. Now, I don't know about you. My math isn't the best, but that's a lot of angels. Thousands times thousands times ten thousands times 10,000. I would just be like, oh, my goodness. A hundred million plus angels are there when Jesus is being born. I don't know if you've ever really thought about that. It's not just one angel sitting there. Thousands upon thousands of heavenly hosts of angels are there at this time, at the birth of Jesus. It went from a darkness as they're sitting there watching the sheep to the sky filled. With angels. Look in Luke 2, verse 13. Again, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Incredible. That's how it starts out. Well, now let's look in verse 15. Luke 2, verse 15. It says, When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord had told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. This is the message of Christmas. What was said? What was shown? What came about from this time? See, Christmas isn't about Santa, presents, Christmas tree. It's a bigger message than that. And this is what I want to share with us today. The message of Christmas. The number one of the things we need to learn from Christmas is this. You are important to God. You are important to God. The first announcement of Jesus' birth went to some shepherds. You got to understand something here. The only invitation God gave to see Mary, Joseph and baby Jesus was to some shepherds. God cares for you. No matter how insignificant you may think you are, you may feel you are. God knows you. God cares for you. You are important to God. See, shepherds were on the opposite end of the social scale. They weren't like King Herod and all the officials with power and authority. I mean, they lived in the fields with their animals. They weren't respected. They had no power, no prestige. Yet, God, angel, came to them and said this. Luke 2, verse 11. Today, in the town of David, a savior has been born To you, He is Christ the Lord. Now I don't know about you, I don't know about the condition you're in today, but I know we've all felt overlooked by friends, by family, by society, by many different situations. I felt overlooked playing sports. You're too small, you're too slow. You feel overlooked in different situations, but let me tell you this, God cares for you. All throughout the Bible, God makes it clear, God honors and uses people that the world overlooks. He uses things that the world overlooks. Look in First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. First 1 Corinthians 1, 26. It says, "Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. So no one may boast before him. You say, wow, that's good reading. But did it actually happen? Let me give you an illustration. A young boy, Joseph, was sold into slavery by his brothers, by his family, carried off to Egypt. Yet, when God wanted to give a powerful message to Pharaoh, the ruler of everything, who did he use? He used this slave boy, brought him out of prison because he interpreted dreams. And all of a sudden, God uses some lowly, despised person and grants honor and power God uses people people that the world thinks should not be used think about it when God wanted to find a mother for his son what did he do he went past the rich he went past the influential he went to a little insignificant village he found this peasant girl she wasn't wearing Gucci or Louis Vuitton no 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 no, no. a peasant girl wasn't highly educated no, but she was pure in heart, pure in her life. And God says, that is the kind of woman I'm looking for. It's not about uh, her education, not about how much she can do. and uh, It was about her heart and how she loved God. Again, when he makes this announcement, he delivers this announcement about his son, one and only son being born. To some shepherds. It's like, remember Jesus preached a sermon on the mount when he said, if God cares for the sparrows and the lilies of the field, then he cares about you. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows everything about you. Why? Because he cares about you. If he cared about the shepherds who lived out with the animals, he cares about you. See, we need to hear that. Because so many times we get so confused and we think God is just judging us and not blessing us. Listen, God cares for you. We all have feelings of rejection here or there. But we need to understand and hear what I'm saying. God knows you and he cares about you. He cares about those that are suffering and lost right now. He cares about those that are away from family right now. God cares about you. You are important to Jesus. That's what Christmas is about. Again, it's not about Santa. Ho, ho, ho. No, no, no. It's about God cares for you, number one. Then the second thing we need to understand about Christmas is this. Christmas means peace on earth. That's what Christmas means. Peace on earth. Look in Luke chapter 2 verse 14. Luke chapter 2 verse 14. The angel said to the shepherds, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. You know, the angels declared peace on earth. Well, how does peace come again? Chapter two, verse 11. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Peace comes from Jesus Christ, our Savior. Now, keep that in mind. Then the angel gave his declaration. But the wise men also said something. Now, I want to point out something here. The wise men said something. The angel said something. Matthew chapter 2, the magi came from the east. That's what they did. And like the shepherds, they saw a sign from heaven. They saw a star. And so they said, this is a star. And they started following it. They left home. They left all they had because they knew this star meant something. Now Let's look at what they said about Jesus. This is the wise man, the Magi. Matthew chapter two, verse one and two. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Then the Magi came and they said, where is the king of the Jews born? What was the message that God gave through the angels? The message God gave through the angels was Luke 2:11. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. That's a meaningful, powerful statement. It says a savior. That's what the message God gave. A savior has been born to you. But the Magi, they came and said, where is the king that is to be born? Now, it was the wise men that said that the angels didn't say the king. The angels said the savior. The wise men said, where is the king to be born? See, there are a lot of carols sung this time of year, Christmas carols, and they talk about the king and surely. Jesus is the king of king and the Lord of lords. Take nothing from that. Truly, that's what he is. But the announcement that the angels gave was not about a king. The announcement they gave was about a savior to be born because he didn't come to take over the government. He didn't come to reign as a king. That's not why he was here to reign as the king of Israel. Mankind needed something bigger than a king. Mankind needed something To prepare itself for God's future kingship. Mankind needed forgiveness of sins. Mankind needed a savior. Man didn't need a king. They needed a savior. And that's what God said. A savior to be born. So he's announced as a savior was born for you and I. And the title given to him was Christ the Messiah. He is the one that is prophesied all throughout the scriptures. Jesus is our savior and he brings peace with God. Let me share some scriptures with you here. Romans five, verse one, Romans five, verse one, it says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Look at Romans chapter two, verse nine through 11. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. But glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile, for God does not show favoritism. There will be peace and honor for everyone who does good. Romans five, verse one again. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, how do we receive this peace? Okay, I want to have peace through Jesus. How do we receive it? Look at Romans 15 verse 13. It says, may the God. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope. By the power of the Holy Spirit. How do we get peace in our lives? We get it through trusting God. When we don't trust God, we don't have peace in our life. Peace comes when you trust God. Look in First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. First Corinthians 14, 33. It says, for God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. See, life with God. Is peaceful. Life without God is chaos, disorder, dysfunction. It's the gift that just keeps on giving dysfunction, dysfunction, dysfunction. But life with God is peaceful. You see, God has given us a recipe for peace. And this is what he says. You want peace? Here's the recipe for peace. There is hope for mankind. It's not just the gift of a little baby being born, but it is the offer of peace with God. Jesus birth. Incredible. But we can celebrate more than the birth. We can celebrate that we have an opportunity now to have peace with God. That's what Jesus did. He is the he is the mediator between us and God. He offers us peace with God. Every year when Christmas comes, it reminds us of God's promise. He is a help in our ever present situation. Look in Matthew chapter one, verse 23. Matthew one, verse 23. It says the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. It says God with us. That's what Jesus is all about. He's helping us to have peace with God. Psalms 46, verse one, Psalms 46, verse one. It says, God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. Again, God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. It says no matter what's going on, if you got God in your life, in your life, He will be there consistently. Good times, bad times. It's hard right now, but God is still there. He's an ever present help in trouble. Matthew 11, verse 28. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. This is what we got to see. The Bible, God says, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Everybody put your hand up and say amen, because you know we all feel like that time and time again. He says, if we go to him, we will have rest. You notice he said, if you come to Jesus, you come to God, you can have rest. He didn't say, if you come to church, you can have rest. Oh, Lord, no. He didn't say, if you go to your evangelist, you can have rest. Go to your Bible talk later, you got rest. Go to your spouse, you can have rest. And you know, go to your kids does not mean rest. He said, listen, your rest comes from you going to God. See, so many times, many of us, let's just be honest. We want to go to somebody and let somebody tell us what we need to do. We want to go to somebody. Give me help. Give me direction. Give me this. Give me that. You need to be going to God if you want rest. If you want peace, God can give you that. Now, can he work through people? Yeah, but it's still not the people. Because most people, if they're spiritual, they're going to tell you, go get time with God. That's how you get peace with God. Look in First John 2, verse 1. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. See, in Jesus birth, the shepherds were sitting out on the hillsides watching the sheep all night long. They were poor. Their life was hard. It was harsh. That's hard work sitting out there. You got to fight a bear. You got to fight a lion. You got to fight all the animals, wolves that are coming to eat the sheep. That's not something you look forward to night after night. They didn't have any outlet. They thought this is how my life is going to be forever. But all of a sudden, Jesus comes on the scene. One glorious night, the angels appeared to them and made the wondrous announcement. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And suddenly everything changed. God had become real to them. God was there to help them. An ever-present help. A Savior. He was there for them in their daily lives. Once God becomes real to you, your life will change. If your life isn't changing, if things are still the same, you're in the same rut, you got to ask yourself, how real is God to you? This is what the shepherds saw. They experienced God and everything changed. But what about the wise men? They were powerful. They had authority. They had money. Yet their lives were empty. Their lives were so empty that when they saw this star and realized, hey, this is what we need to follow. They left everything they had. They left their homes, their families, their wealth. They left all that stuff because they saw something more important than money. They saw something more important than their power. Their life was empty And they needed God to fill their life. See, whether rich or poor, weak or strong, whoever you are, you need God in your life daily. And that's what he's willing to do. He wants to bring peace in your life. But you got to let him in. Number one, you are important to God. Number two, God wants to bring peace into your life. But you got to let him in. Now, the third thing about Christmas is this. Christmas means hope for the future. Christmas means hope for the future. When God gave baby Jesus, he gave hope for the future. Look in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of his mystery, which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. You know what kept the shepherds going, it was the hope of the coming Messiah. And when, when the Messiah came, everything changed in their life. The shepherds had hope in the Messiah. It burned in their lives. It burned in their hearts. It burned in the people of Israel. You know what kept them going was that hope. Every time they would go out, they were search the heavens looking for that star. And they knew when they saw it, they must follow wherever it led them. This is what they understood. After meeting baby Jesus, look at how the shepherds responded. Luke chapter two, verse 20 it says the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. See, a meeting with Jesus. Changed their perspective. They were joyful. They were jubilant. Then they were still shepherds. They still had to watch the flock at night, fighting bears, fighting lions, fighting wolves. They still had to do that. But their life was different because now God was involved in it. Jesus was a part of it. There was something bigger than the bear and the lion and the wolf. Even though they still had to physically live in that situation, life was down different. Listen to me. You may have to stay in your same physical situation right now, but your life can be different. Your heart, your joy, everything can be different if you have God in your life. You're important to him. You have peace. You're the hope for the future. Isaiah chapter four, verse 10. So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God says, listen, we want to win the lotto. We want all this money. We want all this fame. No, 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 no. That's not the solution. The solution is having a relationship with God. Does that mean your physical situation is going to change? It's going to change in some kind of way, but it may not change as much as you want it to change. But that doesn't mean you can't have peace. That doesn't mean you can't have God. God is here to change you inside. And he gives us an opportunity through the birth of Jesus. Look at Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20. Matthew 28. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. The gift of Christmas is hope for mankind. That's what was baby Jesus. Hope for mankind. Hope for your future. Baby Jesus represents the fact that you are important to God. That you can have peace with God. And that you can have hope in God. Romans 15 verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Christmas brings hope. Christmas brings peace. Christmas brings confidence because you are important to God. I hope you understand what Christmas is all about. It's not about the gifts. It's not about the tree. Those things are great to have. But what we really need is God in our lives. I hope you have a great Christmas. I hope you have a blessed Christmas, but I hope you walk away from this time. remembering, you are important to God. You can have peace with God. You are the hope for the glory of the future. I love you. Have a blessed Merry Christmas and to God be the glory.